I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I Actually, they're podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we are back for season one, and I know this is going to sound crazy, of Cracker? <laughs> oh, that's right. There was an American Cracker. I know it sounds crazy, but there really was an American cracker. Uh, internationally, they call it Cracker Mind Over Murder. And uh, that's what we're going to be watching. <laughs> yes, and we will have to decide. How many of these we're going to watch a week? Yeah, Two, three, four? Who can say? Well, yeah, because I watched these two first episodes and went, Oh, well, geez, is... uh, so half an hour, maybe? Yeah. Shortest podcast we've ever had. I know. Well, there's there's a little bit of interesting stuff to talk about. Yeah, there, I suppose yes, but it has little to do with yeah with 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 the plot. You know, yeah. it's well. I mean, it is spoiler alert. They decided to make the first episode of Cracker Mind Over Murder the last episode of Cracker. Yeah, that's, that's the... a weird choice, right? Uh, no, I thought it was a weird choice, except here's the, here's what I thought when I was watching it. That the reason that they did that was probably because they didn't, they weren't going to delve into all of the problems. Um, they, they, I mean, how do you mean? They omitted, they omitted his gambling. For God's well, sake. The thing is, gambling. it's much harder to do if you're set in LA. Yeah. To have him be a compulsive gambler because then basically the only way he can gamble is to be at the track. And yeah. the track's kind of expensive to do. And if you're not having him go out to the track, then he's just always going to be on the phone with bookies. And honestly, maybe they'll do that soon. Who knows? The thing that I found stranger about the episode they chose to go with, and in fact, okay. the part of the show they chose to go with is <laughs> the, like the dramatic problems that are created for the character and that are an opportunity for the show created by having him and his wife being on the rocks and then she gets pregnant and then they have to deal with that and then they get back together is such like, a yeah. huge thing for the characters that that's all happened in the backstory here. No, I thought, no, I thought, I mean, if, if you don't, I mean, I didn't make it clear. I do think it's a problem. Yeah. But I just okay. think it's super think weird it's that they thought that they're, they're like, no, don't start with her, them already just having the newborn baby. Save that for season three. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And that and that was exactly it. No wonder it only lasted one year. Like they only had sixteen episodes of it. Yep. Because what are you going to do? Because where you know, can the show I go mean, if you're not if you're burning through plot possibilities this quickly? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it was really weird that I couldn't quite figure out why they did that. Because of course the Penhaligon character is a secondary character here. Okay, well, here's what's confused, and I'll explain what happened here. Okay, so the wife, uh, Mrs. Fitzgerald, who now is the feminist professor he yells at in the pilot, yes. they, they added that in. Yeah, they uh, made a few little things that are okay. Yeah, but here's the key part. 
So we're introduced to Penn Halligan, and it is she is being played by Mariska Hargitay in the first episode. And what happened but she's was not, that's not Penn Halligan. Wait, wait, I'm explaining, so don't jump okay. in. The character who is supposed to be Penn Halligan was played by Mariska Hargitay in the first. Yes. E- Listen to me. Is played by her in the first episode. Now, what happened was after shooting the pilot for Cracker. Mariska Hargitay got an offer to be a new character on the show ER, which is a much more popular show. So she quit this show, and they abruptly had to... And rather than reshooting the pilot with the new Penn Halligan, who is a different... They said it's a different character, and just brought in a new character midway through the investigation in episode two. So yes, Mariska Hargitay was supposed to be playing Penn Halligan, but then she got on ER, and then her character only lasted a se- se- uh, season on ER, and then she got you know Law and Order SVU. So she and did she's, fine. She's been she, yes, her her world has been fine ever oh, since. Oh yeah, but honestly, just like they probably should have just reshot that character scenes in the pilot. The problem is, it's not like those character scenes were just her and Fitz. She was out at the crime scene. She was in the bullpen. She was talking with the other cops. It's a lot of characters to get back and reshoot. So they're just like, ah, nobody's going to notice if we just throw in a new character. And so that's why there's a different actress playing a different character, Detective Tyler, in episode two. Yes, who's yes. Penn Halligan. Yes, exactly. Well, no, they're both Penn Halligan is the point. They're yes. both Penn Halligan. It's just one, you know, left the show right away. Uh, so yes, it's worth but noting. Yes. In the world of the show, Mariska Haggerty is no longer Penn Halligan. Exactly. And what's interesting is and when you watch the episode, just it is just almost entirely the ep- the the show, like the episode of Cracker, like huge sections of the v- dialogue from that episode are recreated. Oh no! It's just it's like. Well, that's why Paul Abbott basically gets a credit in the the script in the yeah. front cards. Oh yeah, it's a great it's like, huge it's thing. It's his script. Yeah, <laughs> they changed almost nothing. <laughs> it's to to kind of an amazing extent they changed almost nothing. Like it's the exact same. Like we literally three weeks ago just covered this exact episode. Well, yeah, I mean that's and it had and it has. Even more problems than, it does, than yes. the one that we were talking about and rewrote. Mm-hmm. Like you can't even do a rewrite of this one because you don't have the sections to cut. No, nope. you don't have, and therefore explaining why the hell this girl is killing these men yeah. is completely lost. Yeah, and that was our problem with the original, and it's worse now. Oh yeah, I mean. You have no idea why she's killing these men. Are, yeah. are we meant to think that it was that lecture that that Fitz gave that set her off killing these men? But mm-hmm. no, because she must have been killing them before. Yeah. It, the, the way the, the way it's set up now. Well, no, I mean they're saying that she didn't kill anybody until her sister's wedding. And by the way, yeah. cutting a sister's wedding is kind of a huge problem for the story. Duh! Like, oh my god, how did you cut the sister's wedding? Yep. And the boss, being Arlie Ermy, weird choice, they start with the wife leaving him because of Fitz's advice. 
Uh, they jump at that. Um, Beck is played by the, their Beck analog is played by Robert Wisdom of all people, who's a very, uh, very popular actor. He's doing a great job on Barry right now. So it's great to see him in this. Uh, he's just as the guy who does not like Fitz. I'm sure he's not going to be. And in fact, you know, based on the fact that they got a black guy, he can't be that close of a Beck. Uh, oh, no, he can't be Beck. <laughs> no, no. But uh, he is that he is the guy who serves that role in the bullpen, the guy who doesn't trust Fitz. Yeah. So, yeah, like you need that. I understand they need that conflict. And honestly, like I said, Robert Wisdom's a great actor. I'd be interested to see what they do with his character over the run of the show. Although, if they had the guts to do, you know, Men Should Weep, having a, a black guy there in the cast would have been an interesting thing to add to that, you know, narrative. Because the only thing we had, the only mention we had of the idea of black cops is the one black cop in the interrogation room in Men Should Weep. But, uh, so yeah. The, but that if, would take an enormous rewrite. Oh, God, yeah. It, to have Robert Wisdom there. Rewrite. Oh, no, I know. Totally. I can't imagine that they they did men should we? Oh no, they didn't. They didn't do any of the Jimmy no. McGovern episodes except for like the Amnesiac pilot. Yeah, like no, they didn't do any of the originals except for the Amnesiac pilot, as I understand it. And um, what do you call it? Uh, true romance. Yeah, true romance. So yeah, just not a ton of uh, not a ton of the original content from what I've checked. I mean, who knows? Maybe we're going to be watching an episode that isn't supposed to be based on, and they'll be like important moments and elements from one of the originals, but for right now, I don't think they did anything like that. Okay, here's here's a question. Go. What would, if they are going to do this, what they did, mm-hmm. right, was there a better episode to do? I mean, maybe Jimmy G- McGovern wouldn't let them do No, no, he would have had episode. no stay in that kind of thing. He no. would have had no stay in that kind of thing. You know, they, they sell the rights, they sell the rights. You know? Yeah, and he would have gotten... So, but it's a, is is there a better script that they could have picked? Ooh, that's a really good question. Ooh, is know. there a better episode they could have done to start it off with? Honestly, I know it's weird, but for letting you into the world, like, I mean, and the reason I wanted to point out this one as being so strange is because, like, we haven't even met these. First off, like I said, they shouldn't have already had the baby. That's crazy. That was crazy. And they got gave it a different name. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, uh, yeah it's they, like gave they, it, they yes. called it David instead of Jimmy. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like, A, they shouldn't have already had the baby. So that's, that's step one big mistake they made because yeah. it completely changes. It, it massively limits where you can go because yeah. she's... <laughs> Like, they've got the wife immediately, you know, running off to her mother's in the first episode because she finds out about him sleeping with Jane. And I'm like, you're already jumping into all of this? Right? Like, no, you've got to give, you. you've got to have time for this to build. And I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but like, just start with where the show started. Like, there's nothing yeah, so the amnesia, shocking. That's what I would think. Just start with the guy who, amnesia, who has amnesia. And so everyone, including him, thinks he might be the killer. Like, when we were talking about it, you know, a couple months ago, I wasn't saying it. Like, we both talked about how it does not have, like, the focus on the killer that makes us the, that gives us the memory of, like, what a great episode of Cracker is, right? Yeah. But it wasn't a bad way to meet all the characters. Yeah. 
In fact, I would say it was a really good way to meet most of the characters because the focus in the focus of the first episode, you don't have to put the focus on the killer. You have to meet the cast and get to know everybody in the first episode. And then you can start doing what you wanted to do once everybody's comfortable with all of the characters. Yeah. And that was a, that was a two, two hour, that was a two episode arc as well. Mm -hmm. So it would have fit better. And And we know for a fact that they do do this later. Yeah. So why it's not like they didn't want to, why they didn't do it at the pilot. Really good question. (laughs) Cause this is like I said, and like all the stuff we're, supposed to already be invested in his son. And it's like, so the whole thing is about his son and his son knocking up his girlfriend and she had a miscarriage and like, and he's messed up about this. And it's like, don't you feel like we should have met the son before getting this story about the son? You know, it's like we had known Mark for X amount of time before we got, you know, the first Mark, the first Mark focused episode. Which is about, you know, Mark going through this horrible event, and we see ten years later that Mark has, you know, gotten his life together. Yep. And I think that's fantastic. Look, look, there were so many uh, problems with the choice of true romance, and that may have been what got got it canceled. Yeah, that it's like you have such a weird pilot. Because all of these characters are set up the way they are mm-hmm. in True Romance, but True Romance was the second last episode, basically. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the last main old. episode of the show. Yeah, it's the last main episode of the show. Like, the whole supporting cast isn't in Lucky White Ghost. So, what are we going to do? Now we're going to go do a, do a uh, sledgehammer and go <laughs> into the past? Well, no, but what's so crazy about it is, <laughs> when you're watching this episode... How do you not understand? And again, I'm going to say it again. It is a pretty, like, Cracker, for whatever complaints we had about that first episode, it's a pretty damn good pilot. It yeah. introduces you all to the, to all the characters. Yeah. You get comfortable with the world that the show is taking place. And like, it's a good pilot. You meet, you meet all the characters. You understand the world. Fitz starts working with the police and the police have to learn to trust Fitz. And he starts flirting with Penhaligon because, you know, yeah. this is a bad guy. Like, you're gradually being brought into this world. And honestly, when you're watching this episode, it kind of feels like you're supposed to already know all of these characters. Well, yeah. And it's particularly, it becomes really a mess because of the situation with, as you say, Marissa Hegarty. Yeah. It Swapping really out. becomes a mess because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, um... Well, and I'm sure, by the way, I'm sure from the first episode, because long before it aired, they found out she went off to do ER. They would have already shot eight episodes before any of this aired. So I'm sure there was stuff in the first episode between him and Mariska Hargitay that was like them flirting or something about their relationship and blah, 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 right? That they had to cut. you You see his wife confronting her. Mariska Hargitay? Not Mariska Hart. No, but that's my point. I'm just saying they yeah. had to cut stuff from the first episode with like that stuff would have been because that kind of comes up nowhere out of nowhere out with of the nowhere, second cop. And I'm like, oh this? no, originally, you know, there's stuff with him and Mariska Hargitay in the first episode, which they had to cut because, well, obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> because she wasn't going to be on the show anymore. And so like them not going back and reshooting the setup has the wife confronting Jane, the Jane analog, 
as you say, seem like it's coming out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, you could say what? Like, I think it was, I would think if, if you were watching this as the pilot for this, it was very confusing and it was not very good. Wouldn't you feel like you'd missed a bunch of episodes? Well, no. It's like you come in, he's a, well, no, but he's a lecturer, but he's already well known for working for the cops. Right? He's already well known for the working for the cops. His, you know, his wife and he have just had a baby. There's a backstory that he used, he had an affair with this cop and it's caused problems. And like, he has a pre-existing relationship with all of these cops who have these varied relate, like these varied interactions with him. It's like, this really does feel like an episode because it's the exact same script of an episode from so far into a series. No work is done at all to introduce these characters. Yeah, and that's probably what the problem was. Yeah. They should have just taken, they should have the pilot. the pilot and created it as the pilot. Yeah. Just use the pilot. If you want to do this one second or third or fourth, you'd have to rewrite it more. But that's yeah. fine. But the pilot should have been the pilot. And that's the craziest part. Like, maybe you could massively, and the weird part is, I say maybe, I feel like you could massively rewrite uh, True Romance to make it the pilot and make the, like, the reason he starts working for the cops being that this woman is obsessed with him yeah. and has made him the focus of her obsession. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, rather than do what they did, which is basically use Paul Abbott's script. Yeah, because now we're watching it. So wait, Fitz is a guy who just shows up at every crime scene? <laughs> like, why is he at this crime scene at the start of the episode? Wait, so a random guy gets thrown down a hill, and they call a radio psychologist to come and look at it. Why? Yeah, why? And, oh, I agree with you. Right? And you you could work it in if this woman had been writing letters immediately, like claimed credit for a body that had dropped. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, now I understand why he's there, but. And then he would meet all the cops and he would be flirty with Penhaligon and he would, and the Robert Wisdom character, I don't remember what his character's name, but you know, I don't remember what their version of the Beck character's name that Robert Wisdom plays. But the point is, like, he would have disliked him and the, the boss would have been suspicious and blah, 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 blah. And you probably wouldn't have done the, the scene with the boss's wife, obviously. And it's like, you would have gradually introduced the characters, but instead we're jumping in in Medius Res. Because they did one of the last episodes of, as you say, literally the last episode of Cracker. Yeah, and there's, like, I can't understand any rationale for for doing that. Yeah, but the thing is, why would you, even if you were going to do it, why wouldn't you completely rewrite the script to make it so all these characters were meeting for the first time? Well, yeah. Even if you desperately, for some reason or other, like, you felt, oh, well, I absolutely have to do true romance first, right? It's not that hard to rewrite it as this woman killing men and being obsessed with Fitz is what brings Fitz into contact with the LAPD. Yeah. That's not a hard fix. But they, no, they just used the exact script. I will, I will say this. Uh, one improvement over the original, okay? Cause I think we're safe to say that uh, the original, not a fantastic episode by any means. This is much worse because it's serving as a pilot, right? <laughs> For a show, which it profoundly isn't. 
But uh, you know what the one improvement is? I think, I think that uh, Sarah Paulson legitimately looks like older than the students. I debated that. I think she yeah. does. She doesn't look as much like a child as the yeah. as the actress who played the killer, who played Nina in the original did. Yeah, you see my point there. I, and again, that's that's not much of a compliment, and I'm not saying it is, but I will give them that. Sarah Paulson does look older than the original woman did. Okay, is my take. Okay, we'll we'll I'll I'll buy that for a dollar as they say. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's not much of a compliment. <laughs> I'm not giving the show a ton of credit, but I will say uh, it. She definitely looks a little older. And I mean, Sarah Paulson is good, but cutting out her scenes, like cutting out that extra thing of her, if you're going to keep, so if you're going to cut an interaction and you're going to keep an interaction, why do you keep the guy who stole the paper and leave out? Uh, the killer manipulating a guy over to her house by claiming that he's gonna get, like, gonna get a D. Gonna get a lousy mark. Yeah. Like, why cut the scene that tells us more about her and shows her manipulating someone and leave in the scene that has no relevance to the plot with a guy stealing his friend's paper? That seems like a weird choice, right? Well... No, you know what this is? This Go. is that, that you, you miss that. You don't see, yes, you should have seen that scene, I guess, with her manipulating the guy, but that guy is the second one she killed. Oh, yeah, yeah, and we see because the two of them. He's sitting on the sofa and, 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 and she says, well, let's look at that paper and see what she's given you, right? Yeah. And so, like, it is the same guy, but it's, but you don't get her manipulating him yeah. the way that we do because they quickly move off into the sex scene. Exactly. And it's like, um, also one problem though is Sarah Paulson does look older. Uh, it's also Sarah Paulson. So she's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> in a way that the original wasn't because. Yeah. Like, there is such an interesting predatory element to what she does in the first one where she's not a beautiful woman and she manipulates this guy and ex and it's and is extorting sex from him in exchange for help uh with a with a grade. Yeah. And that is lost a little, A, because we don't see her manipulating him, and B, because no one is thinking Sarah Paulson is having trouble getting men. <laughs> right. You know? So that it changes how it plays because of the actress. But again, she did, I did find her looking believably older. Also, um, and this is just a problem with it being said in LA. Tell me what you think about this. Because my thought is, it's actually like, it's weird to imagine, like, the, um, the stuff that happens in the episode taking place, just like, in an unbelievably packed up suburb of Los Angeles. See what I'm saying? Oh, well, I, yeah, it should like have been, the fa yeah, should have been in New York. Well, no, but I'm, not just that, but it's like, I, I, you're right. I think New York would have been a better fit, but like yeah. specifically the idea that she just lives in this house, like she doesn't have an isolated location at all. She just lives in this house in the middle of the city. 
and is like running to pay phones to call and doing things like that. I'm like, that's that's weird, right? Oh, no. Look, there was they had to do a major if they were going to do Cracker. Yeah, they have to you have to do a major refit because Mm -hmm. the biggest problem, as far as I'm concerned, like of this whole show, they have to rethink this whole thing. Right. And the reason the first one would have worked, right, is that they do have, um, either cars that he could have had a car accident and become an amnesiac rather than train. Well, there um, is a train in LA and I'm sure he will be a train. Okay. Thing in the but there, and there's also monasteries all around LA yeah. that he could have been, he could have left and come from. Yeah. So, so you can, you can do a major. But you have to do, if you're not going to get Fitz, for example, like, first of all, I think Pastorinac did a good job of being Fitz, but he's... Pastorelli. Pastorelli, but being, but he's almost too Fitz. Yeah. But, okay, I can, I can buy that. That's not the big problem, but you have to do something about the gambling. Yeah. You have to find some way, something to replace it. Yeah, it could be because him or, being this kind of obsessive personality. Or you have to do him having illegal, inter, doing illegal gambling. You yeah. can't do it. You can't just leave out this central part of his, because his risk obsession yes. is so central to who this character is that how do you do a show where, like, Fitz isn't obsessed with risking everything? Yeah, that he where a Fitz a Fitz who doesn't only feel alive when he's risking everything is a different character. Yeah, and it's so central to who he is. And hey, we don't know that they're not going to bring the gambling up later. Okay, they might. Like we can't say for sure that they completely botched this, but not having any gambling in the pilot is a problem. And I mean, maybe. Well, no and the point the, is, maybe, well, I was going to say, time, maybe there's no gambling in the pilot just because there wasn't any gambling in the episode True Romance. And, you know, they didn't think it was important to put it in because, again, they didn't understand the character. So I guess what I was saying was not actually a defense of them, but a demonstration of how fundamentally they didn't, they they didn't, didn't get the show they were the char- making. Yeah, yeah, the character they're dealing with that they did in The Sopranos, speaking oh, of absolutely. Destiny, yeah, Because... You know, he had his obsessions, whether it's with women, whether it's with... It doesn't matter what it is. No, he was a a ridiculously compulsive... uh, He was addicted... Well, no, but everything. He was also a degenerate gambler. Yeah. Like, it's a long-running thing on The Sopranos that he's always, you know, gambling and always losing money and always screwing up his family life because he's constantly gambling. Yeah. Like, it's not... I mean, obviously, all of the murder is a bigger part of the show. But a weirdly large motivator for a huge amount of the awful stuff he did is that he loses huge amounts of money gambling all the time. Yeah. Because he's addicted to the thrill. Like, he's addicted to being in danger. And and that's what Cracker... So, okay, so maybe the guys that set up The the Sopranos actually did watch Cracker? Wouldn't shock me. (laughs) It was a popular show. Uh It would have been... Like, I think James Gandolfini would would have done an amazing job in this. Yeah. Like, watching this and watching Robert Pastorelli do a good job. He does a good job. He does a good job, but it's like, I mean, maybe, maybe this is, maybe this could have never happened and maybe I'm a fool for thinking of it, but it's like, imagine if they, instead of doing The Sopranos, right, 
could have done an actual American cracker on HBO with Gandolfini. Yeah. That would have been really interesting. Because he would have been the right actor for it. You know? Well, and yeah, because like, we see him in, uh, we, we see him do it in The Sopranos. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, but we Gandalf know he can do it. Yeah. Apparently turned it down. He did. Yeah, he turned it down, but he turned it down on like ABC or Fox or whatever it was on. Who knows what he would have said if it was a prestige drama on HBO, you know? Yeah. Because again, he did do television for HBO like one year later. So yeah, it's not impossible to imagine a world in which James Gandolfini is playing Fitz for like five seasons on HBO. Yep. As strange as that might sound, like that could have happened. And that would have been really interesting. Yeah. Uh, but no, yes, I, I, now we're just talking about a show that doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist, right? And looking at this one, but that's because there isn't much to talk about. Go listen to our... Yeah, we've uh, already uh, talked about it. About true romance and all the problems that we had with true romance in two two episodes ago. Yeah. Or three episodes ago. We now have the same mm-hmm. problems. Oh, yeah. And yeah. with less room to maneuver... Like, there's less room to maneuver to fix the problems here. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I don't think that, I do not think that the shift um, to having Fitz talk with her somewhere else other than at the police station helps. Yeah. That bringing in the sister is, like, bizarre. Like, like it's all weird. Well, no, but I mean, talking to the sister all happened in the original. Mm-hmm. I know, but it's, but everything comes out of nowhere. It does. Yeah. It, it just, is, it is like a rush. It's just dump, like all of a sudden it's dumping on you because you've never met the sister before. Exactly. And that's what they really should have done. They should have at least met one of the other sisters. Yeah. They should have met, well, ideally you'd meet both of them, but you should have yeah. met, uh, one of the sisters. But yeah. And, and, and you're right. Because you don't, uh, what do you call it? Because you don't have the extra element of seeing the wedding. Yeah. And seeing the fuss she causes at the wedding and seeing the stress with the or husband. Or seeing the fuss she causes even at the house. It, well, exactly. Like seeing the stress she causes in her family, right? And that all of that stuff fed into why the killer in the original actually started killing people. And yeah, we had our problems with the way the, the victims she chose, and we felt they could have done a lot to make it more clear why she chose these specific victims at this specific time. But like, we did understand the stressor that caused her to start murdering. That yeah, was very and here clear in the you episode. Have, you yeah, did, you're like, trying to figure out what the stressor is. And yeah. it, it is, and the problem, the problem is that, um, they collapse the long running like it doesn't make sense because she talks about you know when she's talking about how her mother used to take her out of the house yeah remember in the original true romance and this is when she was little yep and now all of a sudden they've stuck it at the father's 40th birthday 40 40th birthday whatever 40 something birthday whatever it was some birthday it was right yeah and and you're just going, okay, like it's hard for us to think how you would try to understand this if this was the first if episode. you had seen the original Crocker. Yeah. 
Like, what if this is the first experience you've ever had with this intellectual property, with this story? What on earth would you think of it? And would you go back and watch it next week? I can't imagine you would have. You know, we would have kind of gone, eh, you know, well, okay. It's like so many other things, like when we got to season, what, five or something of, of Sopranos, like, oh, well, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's tape it. What the hell? <laughs> well, no, and when you watch this, it's well, so... it. The thing that I will, ne- will you know, will, I will always wonder about, and I wish we could get an answer to is, seriously, who looks at the episode True Romance and is like, yep. This script, exactly as it is, no changes, should be the first episode of Cracker you watch. Yeah. Like, who would think that? That is the last thing you or I or anyone would ever suggest. Because the thing is, obviously, we think, we've been very open about the fact that we think they should have just, because they do adapt the pilot later, they should have just adapted the pilot. Obviously. But, like, if you weren't going to adapt the pilot... You know, I'm trying to think, what other episode could they have done? Honestly, to say I love you might have worked better for introducing the characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, that would be. And that could have fit nicely into L.A. Yeah. Oh, easily. This one, this one is kind of too generic. Like, there's nothing. Because you want to set up Fitz as an L.A. character, not as some, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Because you do have to, you have to change the backstory. I mean, England is so different from LA and to dump this on you without setting up, you know, I mean, was it because he was working at a taco restaurant that was supposed to tell you it was different than Manchester? I know, right? Uh, yeah. It's a Mexican place. Yeah. Okay. It's a Mexican place. So it's different than, than the fish shop in Manchester. That's just about the only thing that tells you that it's, uh, yeah. you know, that, that it's, I don't know, someplace else. But even then, I mean, the whole, that whole thing takes place in good weather in Manchester. Oh, yeah. You know, so, you know, there wasn't any rain. There wasn't much rain that day, that, <laughs> when they were doing that episode, you know, yeah. I, it just feels like I can understand when I watched this. There was probably what happened is people probably did turn in to watch it, the first episode. I'm sure it was marketed heavily. The second episode, there was a downturn in viewership. Probably. I don't know. How many many episodes aired, do you remember? I think like eight episodes aired, but I would have to check that to be sure. Yeah. So we never got to the one that Robbie Coltrane was in. That's right. Robbie Coltrane's in an episode. Yeah. Obviously not playing Fitz, so I can't wait to find out who he plays. All I know is he's in an episode. His brother? <laughs> There's no way he's got a Scottish brother. No. He'll, I'm sure he'll just be playing a part, but, you know, I'm excited. Maybe he's the killer one week. How fun would that be? That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, have Robbie Coltrane. Of course, without Jimmy McGovern to write, Robbie Coltrane as the killer, mentally dueling with uh, this Fitz, probably not going to be very good. <laughs> Honestly. No, but it's, it's frustrating because we just covered the episode. So all we can talk about the diff is the differences. And oh my God, have they chosen the worst possible way to introduce the wife? Oh my God. She, like, did they want us to hate his wife? Yeah. Obviously. Well, it's America. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. 
Actually, the um, the funny part is if you if you think about the show, right? Uh, if you wanted to make the uh, the audience massively dislike Fitz's wife, you picked the exact right episode to start with. Like, if sure. that was your main goal in adapting the show, is you wanted to make sure we didn't like this character, okay, then I, I take it back. This was the right episode to start with, because, oh my god. Like, she's so, like, contemptuous of him as we're first meeting. It's like, no, you've got to build this stuff, gra- this relationship got- gradually. You've got to give her a reason to be contemptuous of him. Because you look at the first episode, right? And he's so awful. At, like, they do it so well in the first episode. Yeah. Right? Where he's... Uh, the gambling, the death. No, no, the, no, no, but the, the specific way they show it, because they're out to dinner. Yes. And then his card doesn't work. And so she has to ask, uh, and, why and didn't he, the card work? Yes. And he's, and he, sh- and he, and he, it, it, that's the episode, of course, where he insults the, uh, female the professor. professor. Yep. Which, by the way, that, uh, like making that insult of the female professor be effectively the first conversation we see him have with his wife, and now it's his wife he's saying it to? Oh, yes. So whoever, whoever, I, it, let's put it this way. I don't like this one. So how many episodes are we going to do? do next week? Who knows? We'll probably do two next week just to see how it feels, and we might kick it up to three if we want to blast through the rest of the series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do two next week, because next week, uh, I'll check which, uh, what the second one is, but the first one is their version of To Say I Love You, so we'll see what happens if you cram that down into one episode. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see them attempt to cram that down into one episode. That should be a fun ride. Uh, but yeah, like, making that, like, that's the first introduction. I, like, you go to the first introduction of Fitz, and his wife is sympathetic towards him, but it's like, this gambling is a problem, and she's pissed about it, but she controls it well. And it's like, you really feel like this is a marriage and their partner. Whereas here, the first time we meet the wife, you know, is he's talking about, you know, he insults her job and calls her effectively, you know, racist and a colonizer. Her. Yeah. And they talk about how they just had a baby to save the marriage. And all, both of them are still unhappy. And I'm like, this is this is how we're introducing these characters. <laughs> what were you thinking? How did you think we were going to, like, the audience was going to react to these people? How could we react to them with anything but, like, contempt and disgust? Oh, yeah. No thought is being given to building this out. Like, they should not already have, you know, what, wait, what did they call the kid? David. David, thank you. They should not already have little David. If you want to have her, just, as you said, do the gambling. Although the problem is, I think part of the problem is gambling in America. It's not like it's worse there, but it's so much harder to do in America than it is in England. Yeah. Especially in the 90s before gambling was freaking everywhere all the time. And then it went online. Oh, exactly. Like, gambling is now the entirety of the internet. <laughs> Just different uh, ways to phone. give money. 
I know, it's, how is this legal? And the answer is, well, if we don't make it legal in America, they'll just be gambling on Belarusian, you know, (laughs) internet sites on their phones. No, but I mean, the idea that the Ontario government is selling people lottery tickets on their phone, and again, I know that the answer is, if the money wasn't going to the Ontario government, the uh, the money would be going to mobsters in Belarus, because people are going... Because the possibility to gamble exists, people are going to do it. Yep. And we can't stop them from doing it. And, well, and just this remember, is the least worst option. But dear God, whenever I see the government of Ontario advertising that I can gamble on my phone, I just get filled with rage. Oh, yes. Yes, your casino on your phone. Now you can gamble everywhere. Thank you, Deadport. Now, mind you, though, you have to remember that yeah. legalized gambling was something. Free internet. Remember, the internet remember. doesn't exist. I know. Okay. By I the remember NDP. the casino. The NDP. Yep, they brought it in. Yep. And, you and again, know. like I said, like the money is going to go somewhere. Human beings, like, gamble. there is a flaw in our DNA that makes us have to gamble. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where it is. You know, this is one time evolutionary biologists might actually be able to help us out. <laughs> we, we, we crap a lot on evolution. By the way, is it strange that I was about to say the sentence? We crap a lot on evolutionary biologists here on this podcast. And that's true. And it's a weird thing to say on a TV, on a podcast about discussing TV shows about serial killers. But we have actually spent a lot of time talking about how idiotic evolutionary biologists are. Well, it depends on what they're talking about in terms of evolution. No, I know, but it, no, no. You, we're talking specifically about how all, you know, human behaviors can be oh. tracked back to how monkeys lived three and a half million years ago. Oh, yeah. Th- you That's know, that the part stuff of it. We... Like when we're talking about, <laughs> when we were talking about what nominative determinism. <laughs> Yeah, I no, there's it's true, and there are other things because yes, we do crap on them a lot because they all they want to do is talk about yes, just biology is the is the yeah. you know well it, it just absolves the entire society. Yeah, you don't have to do any work on society because we're all just monkeys doing what we're programmed to do. I'm like, yeah, that's not true though. Because of the giant amount that society has changed over the tens of thousands of years we've been gradually building it. Well, as I said, you know, and we got to get rid of this this patriarchal god to boot. Yeah, that's a bigger fight. But, you know, at least people are, hey, at least people are listening to you about it being a problem, right? Well, and it's funny because what has been happening is, is that the more I read, the more I see that people are... Yeah, yeah, they do bring this sort of thing up, but yep. they never get to the right down to the core of what the problem is. Yep. Most of these people who are working in this area and the rest of it don't mm-hmm. believe for one minute that the Bible is the revealed word of God. Yeah. Not for one minute. God no. Okay, because it can't be. You know, mm-hmm. and it's you know, I'm not I'm not gonna talk about how they feel about Jesus. That's beside the point or Christ or whatever and there's yeah. all sorts like if you go into a whole theological thing but the bottom line is is they damn well know mm-hmm. that it's no different than 
you know, all of these these other things with the yeah. magic and the interference and it's Oh, absolutely. You know, like the Greeks and the Romans and but yeah. mostly the Greeks. Everybody wanted to create something like the Greeks, except that here we ended up with something that was a little more concretized. Yep. It comes from a different uh, social construction. But mm -hmm. it still is coming from it is still coming from Mesopotamia and yep. Egypt. And we had Akhenaten and his monotheism. <laughs> Cradle um, of civilization know. and all of the religions. And we know what happened to him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> um, you know, the minute the minute he died, his, his son went back to the old ways. <laughs> yeah. Just like, um, I mean, weirdly, uh, just like the apostate, except in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> except in reverse. Like, one guy tried to change things. And uh, then he died, and it's like, no, we're just we're just going to keep going on this. Uh, Julian the Apostate took me for a second there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just like now we're we're we're, we're he's, all... he's talking about the Roman Emperor Julian. Yes, the sorry, I, I should have made that yes. clear. Like the <laughs> no. one guy who tried to stop Christianity, who saw from where becoming this was going becoming the powerhouse to... that it became. Yeah, like he saw where it was going, and he was like, oh, this might not be great. And he yeah. tried to stop it, and then he died way too young before he had to well, change. Yeah, you know. he, he. Well, this was it. Emperors should never lead lead, lead their, people into battle. I know into battle. I mean, so he was there for what about a year and a few months or something. Yeah, he did manage to try. I mean, he tried. He damn well tried. But yeah. Well, I mean, again, like he was only the emperor for a year, and he's remembered as the guy who tried to stop. Catholicism and Christianity entirely. So he put in a good effort. Like you can't yeah. say he didn't put in a good effort. You know, gave From it the becoming, old college try. He uh, saw the problems of monotheism. Oh, did he ever? Because and particularly, it all you had to do was look at all of those councils as they they became. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, the problem is if you all have to worship, and, and it comes down to one of the main things is if you are all worshiping one God. And there's only one source of authority, this one God. Well, then the only person who's going to have authority, because spoiler alert, the God sure as hell isn't going to show up and tell you what to do. Then all of the authority rests in the hands of whoever the people believe represents that God. Yeah. Because say what you will about like leaving offerings to Zeus. The way they had that set up, no one, no one on earth would ever say, I speak for Zeus. <laughs> but once you get Christianity in, you get guys who empower themselves to say, I speak for God. Yeah. And that's a problem. Yeah. And then, then, then the Reformation, as I said, a lot of this is, you know, people mean well, but there's something <laughs> called unintended consequences and power. Yeah. You know, and people get power and people get addicted to the power. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really is. Uh, but anyway, as you can tell, this is a conversation about American Cracker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think we got there organically. But the point is, like, when you watch this show, I, I was, I was actually, I mean, I don't want to oversell it, but I was actually shocked by how poorly they were introducing all these characters. And like I said, the, the Penhaligon, I understand why she's so poorly introduced because they all of the scenes of introducing her and Fizz's relationship had to be cut for the first episode because they changed actresses and they didn't want to reshoot. Like that, I one hundred percent understand what that happened. One. But there's no excuse for them doing such a bad job with his wife. No, 
of like other than other than in true form, uh, they don't like women. <laughs> Maybe. Right? But it's like Or they, or they think that they think that the only way that you can feel sympathy for Fitz is to show that he has a heritage of a wife and that's why he's like, that's why he's cheating on her and that's why yeah, he drinks. Yeah, you know, the, the, like, the whole toxic masculinity excuses yeah. all this. Making any excuse for his bad behavior. Yeah. And by the way, that you want to talk about what's best about the show Cracker? The best thing about the show Cracker is how right from the start, it refuses to make any excuses for his behavior. Yeah, yeah. Right from the first episode. He's it never... Be, but it's <laughs> it's not just that he's a jerk, though. It's central to the show's philosophy. Yeah. And the show's idea about how the world works. He, like, he doesn't let the villains make excuses. There's reasons for everything they do, but they are not excused. No. And he would be a hypocrite, and the show would be hypocritical, if it ever left him, let him off the hook. Yep. I agree with you. Weirdly, that's what this episode seems to want to do. Well, yes. But By introducing his wife in such a ridiculously awful way. It wants to let him off the hook. And I find that deeply troubling. But like you say, well, it's America. You know? Come on. Everybody loved Derek Morgan. Yeah. Everybody loves Tony Soprano. Oh, with his God. wife who's always yelling at him. Yeah. Now, it did a much better job of, uh, right? It did a much better job of humanizing her than this show did. But then again, not in the pilot. Let's see how they treat the wife over the course of the show. But, you know, now I'm thinking about uh, poor Skylar White on Breaking Bad and, like, yeah. people on the Internet who hate this woman whose only flaw is she's trapped married to a monster. Yeah. Like, she she is mar she she is finding out that her husband has been a monster this whole time. Right? And she never knew it, and she's trapped because she's got two kids, including a newborn. But it's like, who? I don't think any. There's an epidemic who of people who watch Breaking Bad. People ask me, you know, I've been asked, I think twice, why I prefer Better Call Saul mm. to Breaking Bad. Why I think it's a better show. And it's quite simply that it's like, because one of them is about revealing what a bad guy Walter was all yeah. along. Right. Whereas yeah. the other one is you never fully can understand what's going on with Jimmy. And because Walter is such a monster. But what people miss when they're watching the early episodes is he was always a bad guy. Yeah. Right. From the beginning, you saw that like in the second or in the first episode, first, think, second episode. The, at the part at the party where his par ex partners were. Uh, there. That's that's like episode four or five. But it's like. Yeah, because really, uh, well, the first like, season. all you had to do, okay. <laughs> but it's like all you had to do was take the job and take the insurance and have your billionaire ex best friend and who's married to your ex girlfriend, right? Yeah. Pay for the best cancer treatment imaginable. Yeah, but you couldn't do it because your more your pride, your toxic masculinity is more important than your life. Yeah. Being thought of as a big man is more important than anything else. <laughs> it's like, and all the damage that gets done because of that. Whereas, like, Jimmy, you really do, can love Jimmy because you understand every compromise he makes. Right? 
And they show you so thoroughly where he came from and why he became this way in a way that you don't. Like, Walter was always a monster. Right? But we don't find out why. But we don't know why. We no. never find out why Walter was such a monster. And even if Jimmy McGill ends up as Saul Goodman, a terrible person, right? He, we understand 100% everything about who this man is and how he ended up with that way. And he gets a truly beautiful ending of doing the one thing he can do to make it right yeah. and admit that he's become the bad guy and stop rationalizing. Yeah. Stop rationalizing and stop making excuses. It's, it's a beautiful show. Oh, and I, no, and it, it, the ending was so perfect. Oh, such a good ending. You know, uh, but which... what gets me though, when I'm watching this is, it's like, this fits, you gotta, you gotta get us in here gradually, guys, and yeah. you can't give him it, but you can't give him excuses. Start with an episode, like, you can start with him and his wife having trouble. The original show did. Yeah. But it's like, don't make her look like, a monster because, for calling him on stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. we have no idea what what kind of stuff she has gone through. Now, we exactly. do because we watched the original. <laughs> I know, right? So if you'd watch the original Cracker, you understand why she's pissed off. Why she walks out the door in the first episode. Yeah. And takes the daughter away. Yeah. And the answer is quite obvious. Like, he has literally just... He forged her signature on a mortgage for the house. Yeah, because of his gambling. Because of his gambling, right? The house has, you know, 25,000 new dollars of debt on it. And he forged her signature. Yeah. Like, you, you really get that she has stuff to be upset about. But here, like, there's a new, they have a newborn child, right? And... She is, and he makes, you know, you know, awful comments to her. Oh, it's terrible. I didn't like this. Like, it's such a weird presentation. And then, like, she's horrible to him. And it's like, how do you end the first episode of a TV show on him and his wife? And by the way, that is, that is like the one mistake I will think they made in, um, Cracker coming back. Mm hmm. He and his wife probably should up should have split up after uh, oh, True Romance, or after True Romance. Yeah, well, no, no they like should they have split, split up. They should have split, stayed split up because you watch the end of True Romance and her saying, "Would you die for me?" Yes, that and was him the not end being of it. able to answer. That's well, the last thing that happens that. in the show, and and you and as you say, she would be happier with his brother. She would, you know, and the fact that. Lucky White Ghost, right, is said in Hong Kong, suggests that after they had that conversation, he knew it was time to get out of Dodge. Yeah. And so it almost feels like a betrayal of the characters that they were together in Australia. Yeah, we didn't talk We didn't talk about that when we were talking. And we probably should have, yeah. Well, no, because I talked a little bit, bef like in, the, in um, White Ghost, we did talk a little bit. Yeah. About whether it isn't clear, it wasn't clear whether they, whether they split were. up or not. Yeah. And I don't know why Jimmy McGovern did that. It now, wasn't Jimmy McGovern. It was a, it, it's not Jimmy. Uh, oh, you mean for the I'm, return? Yeah. Yes. Why he thought, well, no, I think because he wanted to put, because there had, my guess would be for Jimmy McGovern, I think the priority would be, and again, I can't speak, obviously I can't speak for Jimmy McGovern. 
my theory is he was coming back after 10 years. And I think we both agree that Cracker to Cracker 911 is 100% obviously a pilot for a new Cracker series that they didn't end up making. Because there had been no definitive statement about their marriage at the end of Lucky White Ghost and at the end of uh, True Romance, I think for the new series, Jimmy McGovern wanted them to finally split up. And so he said, well, I'll just have them have been together. And, but he's like, I want to show them splitting up and I want to show a final moment where Fitz chooses the work over his family. Right. And so he, but to do that, it necessitated them saying, well, they've been together for the past eight years, which didn't feel accurate. No, didn't feel right. Yeah. It just didn't feel right. And I mean, I can't see Fitz doing any better in Australia, given that. God, no. They got gambling there, too. (laughs) Oh, it's, you know, I mean, the drinking is is horrendous in Australia. Oh, God, yeah. The whole culture of drinking. Yeah. You know, the culture of drinking in Australia is, is, it's as bad as Germany. By the way, drunkest country in the world, everybody, Germany. They don't talk about it, but it's true. (laughs) Everybody has beer at every meal. They have beer with breakfast in Germany. (laughs) <laughs> she's laughing because she knows it's true. They will have a can of beer with their breakfast and they will have two beers with lunch and they will have alcohol at dinner. No one on earth drinks more than the Germans. Just putting up there. <laughs> she's laughing because she knows how true it is. That is 100% accurate. I am I am right about this. <laughs> but anyway, I'm getting away from my point, which is I, I honestly, if you ask, <laughs> she can't stop because again, she's flashing back on her entire life <laughs> and just seeing every single thing that has happened. It's like, oh no, he's right about all of this. I am. But anyway, no, I think that, and I mean, you could say maybe this is a flaw of Jimmy McGovern, but I think he wanted to be the one to break them up. He didn't want the, the end, like, the a little, what exactly does this mean ending of, uh, true romance to be the breakup. He wanted to break them up himself because these are his characters and he's creating a new normal for the thing. But it creates the implication that Fitz managed to hold it together for nine, eight, nine years in Australia. And you're like, how though? How? Yes. How did this? How? How yeah, exactly did well, he and, hold it and, together? And the reason you say how is because of the way he behaves at his daughter's wedding. I know. It's Has like he, he hasn't like learned a damn thing. The weird part is, <laughs> so, and may, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe, And you can tell me if I'm crazy, right? But wouldn't wouldn't it have been interesting if he's coming back from, like, if he's coming back from the the wedding, right? What if the wife had stayed in Manchester. Okay. And he had just never come home after Lucky White Ghost. Look, this and is he's, this is what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Like when it always says, when you kept t- saying Fitz comes back from like Australia. Australia, when you see it in the thing, right? And I'm just saying, oh, so he took off. He yeah, took he off just on never her. came home. They got after divorced Lucky White Ghost. and he took off on her and after, well, and then you could say after White Ghost, he just yeah. never he just, went no, back. No, he was he he got on a plane to Hong Kong, and then for whatever, and then he did that, and he kept sending money home, but he never came home. 
Yeah. That is the implication. I feel like that's what it should have been. No, Honestly, I, she should I have been married a... to his. She should have been married to his brother when he came back. Yeah, because that would have caused just so much tension. But it would have completely explained how he behaved at the wedding. Yes, of course. <laughs> you know, I, but the I mean, idea I... that like he took his daughter and newborn son to Australia with him, and he raised them in Australia. No, it just doesn't feel like fits. No. I can't like, imagine Fitz moving to Australia. But it's like, imagine that episode. And now we're rewriting <laughs> Cracker 9-11. But imagine the episode if the thing that finally lures him back to Manchester is his daughter, who has spent her whole life in Manchester, is getting married. Yeah. And he comes back and he's a complete asshole. And his son yells at him and tells him he's just, just disappear again. But then this high profile murder happens and he gets pulled back into it. Yeah. And he starts to reconnect with his son a bit, who's now a father, right? And it's like, and he realizes he has missed Manchester and he's missed his family and he's got to come back and he's got to stay. I yeah. think that's more interesting. Yeah. And I, and we'll never know because that's not the show they made. No, it's not the show they made. No, but that's what I had, had anticipated. Yeah. Was that after. Sense. After true romance, when it's clear. Yeah. I mean, it is so clear. It is a nail in the coffin of their relationship. Yes. The end of true romance. That's it. It's done. She has said, you know, she, and the brother has made it clear that I don't want to be involved with you unless you're serious. Yeah. Right. And he, he, so he made it clear. You saw the brother, you know, gambling. And, yeah. and, and only did it once because he says, well, I wanted to see what it was all about. But I don't like this. But I don't like it. I, I don't see why anyone would do this, right? Yeah. And, um, and. But imagine, goes. yeah, but like imagine that's what, cause it's like, there is no way to watch the end of true romance without saying, this is the end of their relationship. Yeah, they're There's details to work out done. later, but it's, it's over. Yes. Even though Mark was almost killed, it's over. And now he's got to the point where he had to leave the country. Yeah. It's that bad. Yeah, and it doesn't And then to just undo that, it's... And I know it was a Paul Abbott episode, but it's where things were going in Blood Blood Brothers... Not Blood Brothers. um, Brotherly Love. It's where things were going in Brotherly Love. Like, I don't think Paul Abbott was misrepresenting no, what was happening? What was going on with these characters? No. No, no. I it, it, That, it, it was the thing that didn't... I mean, McGovern must have come up with this this line at the end, right? Yeah. You know, wife in... If, dinner in the fridge. Ridge, wife, wife in, in Australia. Australia. Yeah. Right? And he was so happy with that. He betrayed all of the characters to get that line in. And it's to a great that line. line in. You know, I mean, it happens sometimes, right? But it's like the the complication of the the interesting complication that think of the character dynamics you could have had over the arc if she married his brother and if they stayed in Manchester and he left and now he's coming back for his daughter's wedding. And like, but his son has only ever known his brother as the son's father. Yeah. Think of how interesting that would have been. And the reason we're focused on this instead of talking about Cracker Mind Over Murder is because of all of the reasons we've already said about Cracker <laughs> Mind Over Murder. But also, that, like, would you give your life for me is such a pivotal moment and so 
the end of their relationship that it is bonkers that that is how the pilot of a TV show ends. How is his wife going to be in the next episode? Spoiler alert, I checked. She's in all the episodes. How? (laughs) Yeah, how? And and that is... It, it, yeah, and we didn't, it's funny that we didn't discuss that part of it when we were discussing because the episode and nine, of 9-11 was so powerful outside yeah. of that kind of weird thing. Yeah. I mean, but, well, uh, no, we just spent the whole time talking about Ireland, you yeah. know, and yeah. the brutality of England and the, the what it does to the people, right, who were asked to enforce it there. And it's like these men who are destroyed by this. Yeah. It's so frustrating. No, it was. It was, was but it kept us from talking about the emotional truth and what it was missing there. And it was missing something big there. And we all knew it. Mm -hmm. Because, as I said, I mean, what I had assumed, right, was that he was in Australia by himself. And I was going to, I was looking forward to figuring out what he did in Australia by himself. Yeah, right? You know? Got yeah. a bunch of drinking buddies and a bunch of gambling buddies and Yeah. And you know, and really I mean there could have been there could have even been that, you know, he never sent his money back home. <laughs> yeah, right. And that would have been yeah, an interesting he thing. Spent it all them. drinking and gambling and pouring yeah. around. Yeah. Like that's that's completely believable for the character. That that would have been believable. And then yeah. did so that so you can just see all of the tensions that would have when the daughter, you could have opened it up with the daughter insisting her father walk her down the aisle. Yeah. So the mother, and the mother doesn't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. I could have rewritten the beginning of that to have made that more powerful because eight years in Australia and the man hasn't changed. Yeah. And I did sit, I did make that comment when we were talking about, um, 9-11. Yeah. Oh you know? man. Like it's, it's frustrating. You know, some things are frustrating, but um, this one is frustrating, truly yeah. frustrating. It really is. Um, I I can't tell you how frustrating <laughs> I found it when I watched it. I watched it before you did, and I just found it. Yeah. It's too much. I just got, you can't do this. I mean, I don't know whose brainchild it was mm-hmm. to, to do make this. this uh, the pilot. Yeah. Because how do you end? And that's what I'm, I need to find out as we go forward. And it's the thing I'm most curious about. How do you end the pilot with the end of their relationship? And yet she is going to be in every subsequent episode and they're going to try and buy that back. And I, I need to find out how they think they can do that. Well, yeah, of course. We will. Yeah. I mean, you know, we are completists. Oh, we're going to watch the rest of it, absolutely. So we're going to watch the rest of it. Of course we're going to watch the rest of it. Wow. Not even a question. Yeah. But, um, it, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with it. Are they going to have them coming back together again? Are they going to show him, you know, at the father, at the father-in-law's, uh, House, you know, banging on the doors, trying to get his wife to talk to him. Having the cops called on him, like... Yeah. Are they going to do all that? Yep. Because she's finally left him? It it boggles my mind to think what they're going to do with it. We thought it would be problematic anyway, 
Yeah. And we already knew that there were problems with it because it didn't last. Mm-hmm. You know, because they could have created a, this this show entirely differently. Oh, yeah, they could have. You know, it could have lasted. If I, they I had really think so. Differently. But you have to hook people right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And this, this true romance doesn't hook anybody. Yeah. Uh, just oh. FYI, for people who decide to go watching it, uh, go and watch it. The next two episodes we're going to watch are Mad Woman and Lemmings Will Fly. Well, that's uh, the other one that they're... Well, taking. no, but the problem is, and this is the real issue, um, I think that's what we're going to watch, but I'm trying to find out the official order on IMDb is different than how they're organized when you buy it on um, YouTube. Because on YouTube, the next episode is Tis Pity, She's a Whore, which is what they decided to call their adaptation of To Say I Love You. Weird way to go with that. <laughs> I can't really say I'm looking forward to that, but in all likelihood, what we're watching next, and just keep this in mind, in all like in all likelihood, what we're watching next is and I, I you know have the right to change this if I feel like it, because we're gonna go by the original television airing order. Okay? okay. How it aired on television originally. And I can't one hundred percent say that was the intent of the producers, because who the hell knows why it ended up that way on YouTube. But we're gonna be watching it how it aired on television. And so that means episode three is Mad Woman, the amnesia victim episode. Uh Four is Lemmings Will Fly, which, how the hell are they going to do this? How the hell are they going to do Lemmings Will Fly? Because, I mean, hopefully y'all remember how much we love that episode. (laughs) I mean, it's one of the best hours they did, and the way it leads into uh, the Albie episode is, is so incredible. Yeah. It's so incredible the way it leads into the Albie episode. And again, the way they maintained all of the relationship intricacies that were, you know, set up at the end of Lemmings Will Fly. And talking about, like, the fact that you understand why Fitz screwed up the interrogation of the teacher. Yeah. Because he wasn't looking at him. He was so busy giving his speech, and he had so already decided what had happened, right? Yeah. Even Fitz could... Even Fitz missed it. And so he never found out who killed Tim. Oh, my God. Yep. Wow. What an episode. That was... No, that was... It it was incredible. It was an incredible episode. And I can't wait. Like, I, I'm so fascinated to see what they do with it. And guess what? We're finding out next week. <laughs> Mad Woman and Lemmings Will Fly. I'm trying to remember. What was the middle episode in the first season? Is that, is that uh, To Say I Love You, the middle episode? That's, yes, that's, that's, okay. the, uh, that's the couple. Yeah, the couple. Right. Okay, that's the middle episode. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Because I'm like, yeah, Baneborough was in... Baneborough was in Bonnie and Clyde, right? And yeah, Baneborough yes. was in Bonnie and Clyde, because he's only in the first yes. season, for obvious reasons. Uh, but yeah, wow. Because, okay, after that, after Lemmings Will Fly, they aired Hell Half No Fury, which is an original episode. Then they did to Say I Love You, Bonnie and Clyde episode. Then original episode, original episode, original episode. 
Oh, it, it lasted longer than I thought. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, and then it came back. The last one, two, three, four, five episodes aired on like any when it was in syndication. So they actually aired 12 of them and shot 16. But rather confusingly, I'm seeing a note here that they were aired out of order. So the final produced episode, uh, which is the one with uh, Robbie Coltrane, of all things, aired before the two-parter that sets up the final episode. (laughs) So we're going to have to, like, watch this in a really strange sequence. And figure out which one of those episodes would have been a better pilot. Yeah, well, I mean, I I predict it's going to be Mad Woman, but we're going to find out next week, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, oh no. Okay. I just read the description. They they do to the they do it to the point where they do the scene where she he goes to Gamblers Anonymous and you know tries to get everyone to bet. So that scene is in the episode. Meaning, it's like they pick scenes that that that, that they like and they're. And they dumped them in... Well, uh, as I predicted, now that I found this out, they are going to start digging into him being a gambling addict, at least in the next episode. Let's see if they can keep that going for the rest of the series. Do you think they'll include the scene in uh, that wonderful scene from um, To Say I Love You, where he's betting on the murder victim, like, on the number of killers? We'll see. All right, so we'll be back next time uh, for those two episodes, if you're watching along, which I don't know that you will be, because it would require buying it on YouTube. It's only $10, you know? Kick a little money up to, I'm sure Jimmy McGovern gets a piece, a taste of that, so, you know, maybe kick it up to him. Uh, But yeah, so check that out. We're going to be back for Mad Woman and Lemmings Will Fly next time. Uh, But for now, if you have any questions, if you have any comments... If there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you're listening to this on an app or podcatcher, be sure to rate and review. That's how people find the show. We'll see you back here next time for more Cracker Mind Over Murder. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. Have a good week.